We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Wyndham Championship DraftKings picks and preview. Folks, the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League is not full yet for the first time in like three months, uh, by a Tuesday at least. So this is Tuesday morning. If you hit the description of this podcast or video, you can get the link to the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Open. There's like a thousand spots left, so go fill that up right away or they're going to make it smaller. I, I know football is coming back and other sports have come back, but hey, this is the best tournament on DraftKings. There's no rake. Let's continue to fill it, all right? Smash the like button to the episode. Give me your favorite sleeper in the comment section. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. The best thing you can do to help this show remain free, five-star review, five-star rating for the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Also, all stats and tools that you will see in here in this show are provided by fantasynational.com for 20% off all the tools and access to the stats, the full membership, weekly, monthly, annual, Whatever one you want, you get the 20% off by going to fantasynational.com slash mayo. Joining me on the line to break down the Wyndham Championship, it is Ben Raza from awesomeo.com. Uh, par 70s, back-to-back weeks, uh, same course, right? Yeah, dope. <laughs> this is going to be uh, one for the books here. The old Wyndham, not my favorite, but coming off of Harding Park, uh, I actually am a little more excited. I was not a fan of that course last week. So I'm thinking about like key stats, how the course sets up for this week at Sedgefield CC. The thing that we need to do since this is the final tournament before the FedEx Cup playoffs is look who's on the bubble and just take those guys because they want it more, right? Yeah, that always, the narratives are strong this week. It never works. And I don't even know, not that I would ever actually consider something like that. This year, what happens with tour cards? I believe they get rolled over into the next year. I'm not 100% on that. Like the Corn Fairy guys will graduate, but everyone who like got their card last year, I think keeps it. Like they just kind of fudged everything together. But that means so few spots for some of these players, even though they have exemptions into the field. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, the status, which is a little complicated to begin with, will make it tough. So guys will be gunning for it. Uh it seems like a little stronger field than, than we normally get here, which is kind of exciting, but that just makes the winning score that much lower, possibly. Yeah, the course record has been set two of the past three years, both at minus 22, once by Henrik Stenson, and then again last year with JT Post, and it was one shot off that when 
Brant Snedeker won the year before. He opened with the opening round 59 two years ago, beating C.T. Pan in the very end. But I'm just looking at the FedEx Cup standings now. You need to be top 125 to get in. So you got guys like Burgoon, Seifert, Watney, Zach Johnson, Stanley, Shane Lowry, Matt Wallace, Rafa Cabrera-Bayo, Sergio Garcia. Like some some decent guys who are in this field. Like Siwoo Kim is right on the bubble. He's 122 right now or 121 right now. Tom Lewis is just inside. Like getting your FedEx Cup spot, well, it doesn't seem like, you know, the playoffs are stupid. But I think everyone wants to win the 15 million bucks. So I don't know if you could slice it one of two ways. One, like these guys really want it. They're going to be locked in. They're going to be playing well. Or too much pressure, Ben. They're going to suck. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm sure that they want it and I'm sure they're going to, that's why a lot of them are here. Uh, But they've also had like many opportunities to not be where they are. And it's not like you can just flip a switch. So if I'm close on a couple golfers, I will look at something like that. But it's not just, oh, now it's time for me to get inside the 125. I'm going to play better. Uh, Wyndham Championship, short course, Sedgefield CC, par 70, Bermuda grass, just over 70, 100 yards. So although TPC Southwind and Harding Park were both par 70s, they were a tad bit longer than this one. This one's like a hit and giggle. Irons, putting, that's about it. Yeah, literally, that's it. Um, You're going to need to, you're going to be able to hit an absurd amount of greens here, and then you're going to need to make putts because you have to go probably north of 20 under, so it's literally impossible um, to get there without gaining some strokes putting. I don't know. Uh, I don't really like events like this, but I am a little excited about the change of pace. I like when you have events that are radically different week after week. Yeah, we're back to a full field of 156 players. Top 65 in ties make the cut. So expect to see like the six, six of six percentage at like, I don't know, 3% or something like that. But here's my problem with this week. I have my scrubs, like, good to go. Like, I'm just starring everyone down in the $6,000 area. I have no clue what to do at the very top of the pricing at DraftKings. So it, we look, like, Brooks is the most expensive guy. He's eleven four. I can't believe, like, he hasn't withdrawn from this field yet. Then you got Webb. He's also above $11,000. He kills this course. He's won here. He named his daughter after the course. He lives on the course. Then you got Reed, a previous winner. Fleetwood, Casey, uh, all above $10,000 as well. Fleetwood has never played at this event before, but he kind of rates out as a guy who would do really well here. So I'm really confused. Do I even take any? Like, Webb is going to be like a legit, I don't know. 30 to 60% owned in all contests. I think like I'm not going to play Webb Simpson this week. And if that, I mean, if that's the reason I lose, that's, I mean, that's probably why I'm going to lose. Cause he's probably going to play well, but in the off chance, he has a bad week. Like you just take out so much of the field by just not having Webb. For sure. Uh, it's going to be a frustrating thing to do that possibly in the short term, but the weeks where you get something like that, right. Uh, you really shrink the contest you're in. So in cash, it's a no-brainer. In large field tournaments, I'm not going to say it's a no-brainer to fade him, but you're going to have options. Uh, $700 difference to Tommy Fleetwood, who wasn't great last week, but at the same time, he's chugging along just fine. I have no concerns about him, and you're obviously going to get an ownership discount. So I'm with you. The win equity is wildly distributed, which is why – as we go lower, you're going to be talking about a ton of guys that could win this tournament, but up top, it's tough. I mean, I, I don't know what to do with Brooks. Reed is just there. Uh, I like him more than most, but to me, Reed and Fleetwood 
probably over Brooks and Webb at first glance. Looking at the ownership projections, and again, this is a Tuesday morning. This can fluctuate wildly because it hasn't completely accounted for Abraham answer withdrawing from this field who was at 9,700. So that ownership's going to go somewhere, probably on to Justin Rose or Harris English or Billy Horschel when we get to the nines. But it looks like Fleetwood's going to be the lowest owned of the 10K plus guys, which kind of blows my mind because if I, I would have just assumed that Brooks was going to be like 2% owned because I don't know who was using Brooks this week. Like, is there a case to use Brooks here? Like, can you see him just being pissed off from last week after the bad Sunday? Like, just in my mind, you have the overall narrative that Brooks only shows up at big events. That's one, although that's not necessarily true. He actually plays really well on par 70s. If you go back and look historically, like uh, he did win in Phoenix. That's a par 71, but like he's played well at Honda. He plays well at the PGA Championship, the US Open. He plays well in Memphis. Those are all par 70s. We've seen him had a nice run at Colonial before. Like, could you talk yourself into playing Brooks? Because you're going to have the money to do it this week yeah you're gonna have the money and normally the highest priced guy is one of the more popular on the slate just on a macro level so can i talk myself into it yeah uh he struck it well he didn't really do much with the putter obviously sunday was bad i just it's tough um to me you know this is where ownership does come into play i know it's not the most exciting thing to talk about but if him and fleetwood are very similar in ownership if him and Reed are similar in ownership and I'm just choosing you know straight up best available to me I'll take the savings uh him versus Webb is a little different because you're talking like I don't know maybe one-fifth one-sixth the ownership in some spots so that's a different type of decision it's just a matter of how you want to balance your team so could you see a scenario where you fade everyone above $10,000 because yes, that class of player is significantly better than the next class, but like the 8,000 to 9,000 is a huge leap up from the rest of the field too. That if you just populated your teams with 9k and 8k guys, I think you'd be looking pretty good as well. Yeah, you can do that. It's it's a little interesting this week because we have five guys in the 9k and an answer already withdrew. So you have if you use Rose at 99, it'll look somewhat normal. If you don't, though, uh, your max player is 93, and that's if you use English. So then you're going, like, wildly balanced. I'm not saying that can't work, especially in a week like this with the win, win equity. Uh, I usually normally don't go that low, though. I like to start in the upper nines, not the lower nines. So Fleetwood seems to be the guy for us. Uh, he's coming in with like triple or one third the ownership of like Paul Casey this week. And it's actually been a pretty decent spot for some of these Euros to you know pick up a win somewhere like Stenson won here. Sergio has won here in the past. Uh, and even like when you just look at international players anyway, Siwoo picked up a win. KJ Choi picks up a win. Carl Peterson picks up a win. So if you had like a D although just Fleetwood's irons have been so bad over the past three weeks, like he's driving the ball. Okay. And he's making his putts, which is nice that this does seem like a course where he can get it right very quickly. Well, he needs to turn it around. Like if you're just looking blindly at the stats, you're not going to get to Fleetwood. Uh, you mentioned he's lost in three of the last four with the approach two of the last three, which are relevant in terms of post uh, break. I still though, I don't weigh that too heavily. He can turn it around quickly. And you're, you're just being different. Um, Webb makes sense. It, there's a reason he's going to be 40% owned, possibly. He makes a lot of sense on every level. So it's not to say that he's not going to play well. It's just, are you willing to roll the dice up top? Or do you want to use Webb and then roll the dice with the other five spots? That's obviously viable, too. Yeah, I think if you're in the business of not wanting to lose all your money, that playing Webb is probably, you know, 
a good idea. But if you want oh, to no like doubt. win some of your money back, playing web, pretty good idea. But like, I, I just feel like if I'm going to enter these giant GPPs this week, I, my I'm not worried about ownership realistically outside of web that I think it's a decision. Do you play web or you not play web? And if web plays well, I'm going to lose all my money. I'm okay with that though. Like that's part yeah, of that's the what game. we do on this show. That's a part of the uh, game. We lose money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No story of the, the web situation. Uh, listen, it is, it is what it is. If you're, if you're vying for a top heavy prize, and you can possibly, probably unlikely, but possibly kill almost half the field with one guy. That's pretty intoxicating, no matter what the situation is. So I guess it depends on what the other guys around him do in order to see if he ends up being a value or not. But like, how low would Webb have to finish to not pay off this price? Like, if he comes in second, but he's the only guy of the top five price spot guys who comes in second, you're probably still going to need him on your team just because that's how builds are going to go. But if he comes like t13 you're probably good right yeah i mean this week there will be more room because if say just like a random 7k guy wins and then an 8k guy is in second then placement points are almost irrelevant and web could be on the optimal team just by having a normal finish but at the same time he need he's eleven thousand two hundred. he needs a big week he needs read Fleetwood or Brooks not to win obviously like that's going to make it even tougher if one of them has a big showing it's there are no I mean when you're talking top 65 in ties yes it seems like it would be impossible for him not to play well it believe me uh <laughs> anyone can get cut anywhere I can speak to that in many situations so it's not as surefire as you think uh if we drop down to the 9k like I have no problem starting my team with Justin Rose it appeared like at the outset of the week that people weren't really digging him all that much but now with answer out like he's just a very logical place to either be your second man in and some of these stars and scrubs build or for the people that want to fade the top go Fleetwood Rose Casey Rose Reed Rose uh, and fade the top two guys you can make lineups work that way too I like Justin Rose I actually bet him to win at 22 to 1 yeah I mean he's just doing exactly what you want crush with the irons crush with the putter now we get you know a field strength where now he's towards like the literal top of it um I have no problem. I worry. I wish answer was still in here just because I think anybody, of course they can drop, but more people than not will just say, Oh, I'll play Rose now. Um, He's not going to benefit ownership wise from that, but he's a good starting point. He's a good pairing with those guys. Uh, He really fits what I want to do this week and just, you know, you're getting a lot of bang for your buck. Sub 10K in a field like this for Justin Rose is appealing. Yeah, I actually parsed out some of the courses that I like uh, in comparison with Sedgefield. So I just threw it into the Fantasy National Modeling, uh, and it was, let's see here, Sedgefield, both uh, Sea Island courses, so for the RSM. Plainfield CC, which is a Ross course that's been used twice at the Barclays. Harbortown, Eastlake, Colonial, and Detroit Golf Club. Just short par 70s. Uh, a lot of crossover success between a lot of these courses. And like Justin Rose crushes those courses. In terms of overall strokes gained, he's second in strokes gained total over the past 36 rounds on those courses. He's first tee to green, first in ball striking. Webb is number one uh, over the course of those courses. Here's the rest of the top 10, though. Neiman, Poston, Sergio, Horschel, C.T. Pan, Paul Casey, Rory Sabatini, Brooks Kepka, and Brian Stewart. You got some names there. And, and it's guys that, again, abilities to go crazy low. Obviously, some of them had, you know, Poston's had success here. CT Pan at a couple of those courses, you know, that's what it's measuring. And they do have, this does have a pretty defined profile of what you need to do. Like some weeks, especially last week, I talked a lot about 
you know, I had some bomber stacks and some scrambling stacks and stuff here. It really is hit your approaches and make your putts. Uh, I don't know how much variations there is in, in what you need to do here. Yeah, like the off the tee stuff. I mean, it helps, obviously. Course, but when but... when Snedeker and Webb have such a good profile. Now, is it that these guys have a really good profile for the course? Because like you said, the field is a lot better than it usually is. Is it just like we saw at Harbortown where it attracts a certain type of player? The shorter hitters, the iron players, the putters tend to populate these fields. It maybe gets thrown out of whack a little bit. Although this field isn't super duper strong. There are a few names here that are pretty good. It's not like, and, and obviously Berger's still just an anomaly. He crushes everywhere. But like when they moved Southwind to a WGC, to me, that was like a drastic difference in field strength. This is a little stronger, but it's not like they're playing a major here and everyone wants to play Webb. That would be different. Um, so I, I get it. I do think there is a type that naturally puts this on their calendar and some of the bigger names don't. But overall, I still think you got to do what you're going to do. And it's hard to see someone separating off the tee and winning like that it will help but i don't know how you lean purely on off the tee here and be effective uh, if you just look at approach on those courses that i was talking about the ross and similar type some of the pete die the shorter par 70 courses uh over the past 36 rounds on those in strokes gained approach your top 10 is sergio rose casey pan webb sink neiman kokrak stanley piercy luke list jim furick chesson hadley Doc Redman, Corey Connors. Like that, that sounds like the type of guy that we want to play this week. Yeah. A lot of those guys are going to be in the player pool. A lot of those guys are similar games. Um, so yeah, there, there's no doubt about it. What you want to do. It's just trying to leverage your builds. And I think everyone knows that. So I, I wouldn't be stunned to see ownership pretty condensed this week in a lot of areas. Oh, I just got an email from DraftKings telling me the player pool has been updated. So, oh my God. We got? Oh, this is going to be right up your alley, Raza. So Peter Uline. Uline? Uline yeah. added to the field, 6,500. Oh, that's yeah. not that's not the big one though. We got Josh Teeter in at 62. Someone named Brincent Paulini at 6,000. Jake Schumann at 6,000 and Ben Martin, 6,400 bucks. I think this is the first time I can say Bermuda Benny and it actually is useful. Um, Okay. I don't know what he's been. I don't know if he was on the corn ferry lately. He was doing some damage. Where is he? Is he flat men? Uh, he's 6,400. Now it gets weaker than Ben Martin. Trust me. Yeah, that that's fair. Um, all right. He's with Effie Barnrad. Good company. Um, uh, let's see in his past few starts, uh, on tour, he's missed his last three cuts on tour. So he missed it. Rocket mortgage. He is due, uh, 3M and Barracuda missed the cut at all three of those, but on the corn Ferry tour his past two starts T six and T nine. Yeah. So he know the, I mean, missing the cut at the Barracuda is, not great. Um, <laughs> but I probably, yeah, you know what? That's something we're going to have to dig into. The Bermuda man is here. I, wh- who withdrew to get him in? Maybe Lanto. Get out of there. Um, I'll take it. There are some names down low. We're going to get very egregious because uh, I have a lot of guys oh. low low this week. Well, that's why I wanted to talk through the top end with you because like, I, I feel good about the, six, the 6K range this week. Like, That's not a problem for me. I want to bet these guys to try to win this tournament. Uh, I feel like it's going to go one of like, we've seen the template for this style of tournament since the restart. It either goes full 3M or full Rocket Mortgage where you have the favorite run away with everything. And then like Reed and Hatton and Wolf, like four of the top six guys 
end up inside the top five, or it goes like it did in Minnesota, where like no one good ended up inside the top twenty. <laughs> yeah, that was never go full three M. Um, it, it's tricky because you, you don't want to pick someone up top and you know, you're not like banking on them. Well, someone down low is going to win and they just need to like make a cut. That's not how it works. But at the same time, you have additional outs this week. So if you really do like some aggressive guys down low, maybe you do keep it steady up top. Like guys like Harris English and Billy Ho, they never really stand out to me. They're always to me over-owned and they make a lot of cuts, but maybe that is a build you can explore this week. If you're really pumping up the aggressiveness with your other four guys. I do think that taking a look at ownership to try to find some pivot plays uh, might be the move. It doesn't seem like anyone's owning Spieth at $9,000. That seems kind of crazy to me, especially at this course where driving doesn't matter and it's about irons and putting. I like Spieth this week. First time I've said that in a very long time. Um, I still, you know, this is a field where his talents towards the top, the price is pretty reasonable. The ownership is going to be reasonable. And his biggest leak is somewhat mitigated. So uh, it's hard to tell with him because, you know, you look at he's another guy, not that he has a ton of history here, but when you, yeah, he came in second here like seven years ago, he was just a different player then, obviously. It wasn't good last year. I'm willing to go to him, especially if you're telling me I get an ownership discount on top of it, just because I still think the ceiling is fine. It's more we know how bad he can be at times. Well, just looking at all the guys around him, and again, this hasn't really accounted for Abraham Abraham answer withdrawing, but I have English and Horschel at both above 20% right now and Spieth at 7%. Yeah, exactly. Like, is he he one-third as likely to beat them? Obviously not. Um, Now, again, it's all about balance. You don't want, like, if you have wild men down low, I don't know if hitching your wagons to Spieth up top is the right move because I think his miscut equity is higher than those guys that you just uh, mentioned. I, I don't know. Like that's been kind of the common theme. If you had to guess in the 20, 2019 to 2020 season, how many cuts do you think Spieth has missed? How many of like post restart or all let's go. Let's just go post restart. Sure. Two. He's missed one cut in seven events. Okay. Yeah. I mean, but he, I will say this. I, I I should probably just pull it up, but like, there's a lot of times he makes a cut and then I'll put it like this. I played him. I played him on Saturday in showdown and I had (laughs) negative points in showdown late in the day. Um, And it wasn't just because of the three hour time difference. He was so, so bad. Um, And in an event like this, yes, placement points are going to be, I don't want to say irrelevant. You're going to be able to outscore it. And he is a high volatile scoring, but coming in 60th is not going to really help you here. No. And he was 78th at this tournament last year. Like, I, I don't want to say that Jordan Spieth is a lock. I just found him really interesting based on he's turning. I, I mentioned this with Feinberg on the Monday show that we should just get a feature group of Phil Spieth and Bubba every single week. Like that would just be an entertaining way to, to start off your day at like 7am. If you're up, just be like, Oh, let's turn on these three idiots. See where they're hitting the ball today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would, it would make for interesting, uh, you see a lot of different areas of the course that you didn't know existed. No doubt about that. And I do like back. That was, I can't do West coast golf. It's like a 15 hour sweat. I don't know how it's longer, but it's seemingly longer (laughs) out there. Well, it was odd. I found that the rounds at the PGA championship really took a long time versus like your regular tour event. Yeah. It was legitimately like 10 o'clock at night here. And 
it was still going. I, I can't do that. This this is more give me a good cut sweat at like three in the afternoon. There is a pretty pronounced split, too, if you just go look at the courses where Spieth has played well recently, uh, and even historically. There are all these shorter courses, the par 70s. Like, this is where he does most of his damage, because his length is... It's not even that his length. It's his accuracy that's really the problem. He's not a short hitter. He's like an average hitter off the tee. But he can make this work here. Like, he's won John Deere. Uh, He's played well here. He's won at Valspar. Like, he's won at Colonial. Like, these are all the courses that I'm looking at. Yeah. Oh, listen, this... This course fits Spieth. You're really asking is just Spieth not, you know, if you think he's just a different player and he's completely like, I don't want to say done, but just not able to be a 9K player in any field right now. I think that's a reasonable take. I'm going to pick my spots. I've picked them pretty lightly. I like him here. I really do. Uh, He'll be in the the pool, no doubt. And, you know, Brendan Todd, Billy Ho, like Sanjay is not playing good, obviously. You can get away with Spieth here, no doubt about it. Yeah, so Fleetwood, Rose, Spieth. Might just lock... Yeah, this is shaping up... I mean, just lock those guys in and figure out the rest. <laughs> Spray and pray. I mean, I don't know. When you just... I know I know, lineups are not built on paper, but man, like, you look at those three names in a field like this, not, not too shabby uh, in theory. During these emotionally turbulent times, everyone's looking for a way to feel more financially secure. So... If you're still needlessly throwing money every month at high-interest credit card debt, it's time you checked out Upstart, the revolutionary online lending platform that knows you're more than just a credit score. Now is the time to find out how low your Upstart rate can be to help pay off high-interest credit card debt. Unlike other lenders, Upstart can reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter rate. You don't need a degree or diploma to apply, though. Upstart lets you skip going to the bank because it's completely online. They offer loans from $1,000 to $50,000, so you can consolidate your debt into one easy fixed-rate payment. Upstart makes it fast and simple to check your rate. Since it's a soft pull, it won't affect your credit score. The hard pull happens if you accept your rate and proceed with your application. And the best part? If the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off their credit card or meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt and get back to using your money your way with Upstart. See why Upstart has a 4.9 out of 5 rating on Trustpilot and hurry to upstart.com slash mayo to find out how low your Upstart rate can be. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. That's upstart.com slash mayo. Your loan amount will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Not all applicants will qualify for the full amount. Let's talk about the 8K guys, because I think there's a huge distinction here between guys that are in good recent form or potentially fit the course decently versus just who are good players. <laughs> oh, no doubt. I mean, that's something that we're weighing all the time where you have just like, you know, Sergio, uh, guys like that who are, I mean, it's easy to say this now, but like Paul Casey last week, when you just like look at the mid sevens and it's just like, well, he's one of the long-term better players. He's playing like just God awful. Uh, do you want to stick with him? Someone like Sergio who couldn't putt last week, I'll happily go back to him. I won't even think twice about it. And then you've got the Kisner Sneds, Ryan Moore's of Corey Connors, a lot of guys in that low eight range that fit what you want to do here. I like Ryan Moore at eighty one hundred dollars. Oh, I just like the way too. that I just like the way that he's been playing lately. It's been a bit under the radar because the guy can't make a fucking putt to save his life. But 
you know, that's never really been his thing. But he kills these Ross courses. Even Eastlake, he has played well against, like, super strong fields. The ball striking is back, and that's what you want to see from him. And he's won this tournament before. He's won at John Deere before. Like, he's won these hit and giggles. Like, I'd be curious to see. I can probably go, you know, research this if I wanted to. But it seems like if he's ever going to win an event, it's going to be an event that he wins at, like, minus 18 or lower. No doubt he's built for these type of things. He was way better than 12th at the 3M. Um, he just couldn't, he couldn't do anything. And that was a shootout and that caps you. I actually bet Ryan more. Me too. This week. Okay. Well, there we go. Uh, just make some putts guy. He's going to get wedges in his hand. This is a perfect course for him. There's no doubt about that. Um, and the way, you know, $200 more, you have Kisner who hit his irons, made Every 50-foot putt last week, just ungodly. These are the type of guys, when you're talking about winners in the next tier, easily wouldn't shock me if they're holding the trophy on Sunday. So what do we do with, like, M, M and Lowry, I guess, would be the two that I'm really having a tough time with? Because these guys are way better than most of these people. Just So Lowry probably out for me just because I and maybe I'm off base here. I just cannot picture him making like 25 birdies <laughs> in any event. Like he, he's just given me, you know, nine birdies and, and the winning score is six under and he just wins. I don't know if this is the spot. Sanjay, I, if he's really low on because he's playing bad, I'll stick with him in spots. He's a Bermuda guy. He gained T to green finally last week, but if he's even remotely popular, I could do without him. Yeah, just looking at his wins right now, Shane Lowry. Uh, the Irish Open as an amateur beat Robert Rock in a playoff in 2009, minus hey, 17. Robert yeah, Robert Rock, the, the man without a hat. The good Ollie Schneider Jans. He won the, the, good Por- Ollie, yeah. the Portugal Masters, minus 14. Bridgestone, minus 11. Abu Dhabi, minus 18. The Open, minus 15. He's been, like, around. He's played well at Heritage, too. And, like, he's ball striking out of this world. Like, his... If you could look like his irons versus Sergio's irons, like Lowry has been consistent. Sergio's just been all over the map. Well, sir, yeah, I mean, Sergio last week was highly disturbing. Um, I don't know. It, he's it's going to be tough to get much with the putter out of either of them. Honestly, Lowry though, you know, he's going to lose most likely. I I think you can get away with that. Listen, these guys are still good enough where you can make a case, but for me. I don't know how often he really kills you. Uh, and there are other guys in the range that I prefer. Well, is one of those guys, former winner of this event, trending in the right direction, both on the leaderboard and statistically? See, woo, Kim? Uh, I leave that to you. See, woo. Striking the iron's great. Um, maybe we're just like waiting for the, for the right week where he has an explosion. Putting performance. He's playing good golf. I just... The price, he's getting the bump, that's for sure. He, he is priced like he's won this event for sure. Um, that makes it a little difficult. Yeah, I think I might roll with him at 86. I never use Siwoo on DraftKings either, but like I don't really want to bet him. He's down to like 33 to 1. Like, yeah, uh, 6 to 1. Cool. Yeah, I don't love that one. But 86, I can probably I can probably handle going with Siwoo over Lowry, Im, and Chez and Sergio. Then you get to the bottom, like I said, I like more... Connors does it for me. I just don't know if he can make enough putts. I just don't. He's another. Yeah. I listen. I get it. It's just really tough. This is not an event. Like there are a lot of events where I say like, all right, if this guy can just give me flat zero on the greens, 
that's a win. I'll take it. I'll lean on the ball striking. I don't know if that's going to be effective here. Like these, these bad, bad putters, you have to do something just because it's almost impossible to hit it that close. Like you, you need to do it so often to rack up these numbers. So I, I worry about that. We haven't talked about the sevens, but Neiman's a hundred dollars less. I mean, I really like him. So that that's probably where it goes more often than not. Are you going to be using Kisner or Snedeker? I'm going to use Kisner for sure. Uh, he just has the, just like Webb, he has the iron putting combo that I like. He's a winner. He could dust this field. Wouldn't shock me. Sneds is just an anomaly. I know he does things, but I, I worry about him. I know off the tee is mitigated, but his off the tee is so bad that I think it could be a problem here. Yeah, he would really need to outperform his like baseline putting numbers since the restart in order to do what he normally does here, just because everything else is so out of whack. I would prefer yeah. Kisner, but it's gonna be more for me. So the only ones I'm gonna lock in from I'm gonna lock in Siwoo and Ryan Moore from the eight Ks right oh, now. Oh yeah. And maybe add another one to that as the day goes on. My cheat sheet will be up on DKNation.com later on Tuesday evening. Let's talk about these sevens, because you said Neiman. I was thinking about Connors, who's at the min. I know that people are going to go to Redmond. He's a very popular pick this week. I kind of like Fratelli at 7900 bucks. Won the John Deere last year. The ball striking has been really good the past few events. We saw him light it up at Heritage with one of those super low rounds that he just seems like maybe he won't be a forgotten man, but around some of these names, like people are going to own Neiman. People are going to own Redmond. People are going to own Henley. They're going to own more. They're going to own Connors. Just feels like he might slip through the cracks. I can see that. I, I talk all, I'm a big Dylan Fratelli guy. He has, it's not bizarro stats, but he can pop in any area. Sometimes he crushes off the tee. He can get crazy hot with the irons. No doubt we've seen it. Uh, I mean, I know I'm going back, but he gained 11 strokes on the approach in an event. That's just insane. Uh, He's gained a boatload of strokes on greens before he can get hot with the putter. And that's really what you're looking for when you're talking about upside is just guys who can, just explode. Other guys are more consistent. That doesn't really help you unless you're talking about making cuts and, you know, kind of just grinding out cash or something. HV three. I don't want to say he's going to get lost, but I I agree. People are going to go to Henley. People are going to go to Neiman and Redmond. You have any HV three love? I like HV three. He's a local guy. So, I mean, apparently he's like local to three separate places. He's like Mick Foley. Just no, no matter where he goes, it's his hometown, but (laughs) I just people I always feel like Varner is a little bit inflated just because people really root for Harold Varner. Um, like if it was me in that area, I'd probably go to CH3. I know he's coming off the shoulder injury, but Ooh. he's playing like if you skip the PGA championship to play in the Wyndham, I assume you're going to be OK. Uh, and he's been starting to play a little bit better. This is a pure CH3 course, too. It's a good course. It's a I mean, it's not to say that it can't continue. He's he's giving He's been having the putting performances that you hope he has this week, and he's wasted it with bad ball striking. If that regresses, it could be a little challenging. I don't really like the mid, like the upper sevens to me is loaded. There's four or five guys that you could easily play. When we get to the mid sevens here, like with Schwab and Wallace, Charles, um, I don't know how interested I am in these type of guys it's a big it's not a big gap but it's a gap between the guys a couple hundred dollars more any interest in norlander who had been playing awesome before no um well well is he gonna be what do you think is is, are we going back to like chalk norlander where the guy just leans on the putter um like a 
fool or do you think he'll be reasonably owned? I, I can't wrap my mind around it, but like he had that the one, guy. like he had the two great putting performances as as chalk at Workday and Memorial at Mirfield Village. And then he went back to regular Norlander at 3M, where he just gained a bunch off the tee, gained a bunch on approach, couldn't putt again, but. It's tricky. Like, what if I told you he was ten percent owned? If he's ten percent owned, I probably come in around that, and I don't get punished like I was when I was fading him completely. But I, there's just too many other guys. Like, Chris Kirk is going to be minimal ownership, and this is a good course for him. He won a Corn Ferry event this year. He's playing all right. Uh, I could go there. I think you could make a case if you wanted to for Sam Burns. I don't know if I'm going to be doing that. I, I like Kirk a little more, but he's a wild man, can crazy score. And he is back on Bermuda, which he he has a real split. I don't look at that too much, but Sam Burns is one that I care about. Yeah, like uh, Norlander and Glover are kind of in the same boat, only because Glover had been playing really well. Then he started playing like tough events, and then all of a sudden he wasn't as good anymore. Now we're back at an easy course. He kills easy courses. But the guys I like from down here, I am probably going to end up using my guy Luke List. Uh, he's just playing. Well. Oh yeah, he lost almost eight strokes putting at the PGA Championship and was even. <laughs> he made uh, he made the one he needed to make though on Friday. I give him give him that. He got inside that line. The ball striking was fantastic. Yeah, gained over eight strokes tee to green and lost it all back on the greens. He's going to stand out when you look at those things, but the rest of this range is like, I don't know, Bud Cawley, Willett, Stalling, Strzok. I really don't have interest. Oh, I do. I have have interest in Scott Stallings, who I think rates out really well for this course, and I love Brennan Grace. I'm betting Brennan Grace to win. Brennan Grace? Okay. Back from COVID, Brennan Grace. All right, so he's feeling fresh. Um, But he was scorching. Where? Well, well, he's scorching with the irons, but he he uh, he's he might be. I don't know if he's prepared to play four rounds. He hasn't done that in a while. Uh, true. Um, I mean, he's a winner. He's a previous winner at Heritage. Um, he played really well at Charles Schwab as uh, two corollary courses to this right up from the outside. Then he started missing cuts, but the irons gained in two rounds at Memorial gained four point five strokes on approach. Missed the cut at the three. Work. Missed the cut at the three M three point six strokes on approach. And when he withdrew from the Barracuda, he was winning. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot he – that's – okay. I forgot that he withdrew in the middle of that. Um, I, think man, he, I, I had, think he. I think he's risky because, you know, the guy just had COVID and is coming back, yeah. but <laughs> like – and he's risky anyway because he could putt or could not putt, but he tends to putt better on Bermuda, and, like, he can go out and just fire at these pins. You're making a good game. I had no I, – like I said, South Africa, it's been a tough – I don't, I don't want to say decade, but man, they're hurting. Like they got, where do you have him in the South African rankings behind Usti second? I don't know. Cause like I, we completely glossed over him, but I think like we kind of talked about how like if Spieth can get away with his like shitty driving at this course, Sebez can get away with his awful driving at this course too. And he is irons and putting like personified. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's pricey, but if everyone's going to use Henley, like Bizenninut is going to be like 2% owned. It's true, and obviously his leak is off the tee. Uh, boy, I, this is a crowded range. Like my teams, I, I anticipate when I build, could have upwards of three guys in the sevens on them, a lot of them. So you're going to have options, but I still think I'm going to be funneled into the upper sevens rather than the lower sevens. I, I will say that Grace 
I like Luke. I like Luke List definitely better than him, but I had him in the bucket with Hoffman, Harmon, Straka, Stallings, where I had no interest. Maybe I will move him to the next tier where I take some stabs. Uh, since the restart, Scott Stallings has gained over two strokes on approach, at least two strokes on approach, in four of his five weighted events. He's made the cut in every event. He almost, and this is including Barracuda, where he made a run at the title on Sunday. He ended up coming inside the top 10. His only bad performance was Rocket Mortgage, and he still came 39th. Like, the guy is just playing pretty steady right now. It's kind of shocking. He is making cuts. Uh, I used him at 3M, and he had some some flashes, and then he, he really collapsed on the weekend he just needs to get the short game in order I, again this is a course you can only do so much uh, obviously if you really have good ball striking you're probably going to make the weekend but if you really want to score and you need streaks bonuses you're going to need the under 70 bonus uh with a handful of guys on every team you you got to be crisper with the putting so if you can turn that i see it uh but if not it's probably another like 58 55th those aren't going to get it done this week uh okay you ready to go into the 6k i gotta take a breath oh hold on hold on we we gotta talk about this flat sevens because i have i got people i got no one at the flat seven what yeah aaron wise is there how is this an aaron wise course it's an aaron wise course um i don't know exactly but he so here's the thing with aaron wise he used to be a really good putter if he can rekindle (laughs) that he can score other than that, I, I really don't know. But the guy I actually want to talk, I have to mention Aaron Wise, but I want to talk, you mentioned at the top, R.C. Bay. He's been bad. Do you have just name recognition, though, at flat seven in a field like this? Do you look at him or do you just say he's been so bad? Just I'll let other people chase that. Historically, this would have been a perfect course for him. That's what I'm saying. Hit some fairways and just hit your wedges into every green and just score the shit out of the course. But he can't do that anymore, it seems. No. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a much better fit than Aaron was. I have to admit that. Um, but God, it's just, it's crazy to see. I mean, if he was playing well, he's like in the mid eights and I don't even blink here. Uh, God, I, I guess I probably won't have any, honestly. And that's pretty crazy to say, considering he's a, a guy with a real resume. You might be better off using Stuart Sink at this course. Well, that's not going to happen. Or Jim Fury. You might be right, but that's not happening. Like we've seen old dudes win at this. DL three won this event like four years ago. Like it's not yeah, inconceivable. <laughs> like I, you don't need to hit it long at all at this course. Everyone can reach the par fives and two. Like Furyk kind of sets up really well. It's on Bermuda. It's a short course. Like he's still good with his iron. Same as Sink. No, I get it. I just I have a. It's honestly I can say admit it that it's probably a straight bias. I just don't equate the, it's amazing. I don't equate the guy who shot 58 with scoring. Um, <laughs> you know, I, these guys, I'm just like, yeah, they can make a cut, but are they going to score enough? So that's something I probably need to work on. I just like, I see the, the every time I looked last week, somehow he was like six over, but Denny McCarthy had like 10 Eagles at the PGA. Um, <laughs> he's here, just the putting God himself. So you could go to someone like that to start off the sixes. I don't think it's inconceivable to go with McCarthy here. Like if you're at a course where his one skill is weighted this heavily. Now we know that he doesn't just automatically gain. It's like Todd. They don't just automatically gain seven strokes putting every single week. Like this is a really good course for Todd as well. I don't think we mentioned that, but like, I don't know if I really want to play like $8,900 Todd in this field. Although he is playing really well, but Zach Johnson at, at like out of all the seven K guys, I think it would be Zach Johnson for me. And I don't like Zach Johnson. 
No, I don't like Zach Johnson either. Um, I think that just speaks to maybe the limited options at flat seven. Cause I, I know that in theory, this is, you know, the JDC man himself, but I don't, I don't want to do that. I would rather roll the dice with just a pure rando in the high sixes. All right. Let's talk about these sixes. Here are the guys I currently have stars next to on fantasy national. Ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Pat Perez, Kyle Stanley, Mark Hubbard, Bryce Garnett, Andrew Landry, Wes Bryan, Sebastian Munoz, Tyler Duncan, Jason Duffner, C.T. Pan. Okay. That's all very solid, like no creative players. I mean, I could, but, like, you can talk me into Chris Baker, the birdie maker. I played him the other week because of you, and he actually did pretty good. He's not um, bad, but no, he's, but he, he sounds like a, there is one guy down here. I think he's Canadian. Uh, a guy who just been crushing his irons, uh, Michael Gillick. And he's like 6,100 bucks. Michael Gillick. Yeah. I don't know who that is. And the only time he ever puts well is on Bermuda. Sometimes like he's a positive putter historically <laughs> on Bermuda, but like he's a bad putter, but he's just been crushing uh, yeah. irons. 20 see this is this is the type of guy where on sunday it's like oh he's in the 3m open never (laughs) saw his name um i thought i really if you would have had me guess who you had starred i would have bet a good amount of money that adam long was on there he was but i he was originally on it uh, and he rates out really well but he just seems to be the guy people are going to in the 6ks like if i'm going to scatter shot the 6ks don't give me the chalky 6k guy yeah i'm with you there if he if he garners any sort of ownership, you can make so many different pivots. What about so the guy that I, I don't say really like, but definitely towards the top is Adam Shank for me. Why Adam Six, Shank? So obviously he's cheap. Bermuda guy gaining Tita Green pretty substantially in all the, not all the events, but certainly all the events in July hasn't materialized just because he's done nothing with the putter and with the short game. And I, I kind of think that the results haven't been, I'm not saying he should have been in contention in these events, but he should have been better than like 40th. His best showing ever was John Deere. Uh, I don't think this correlates to Wells Fargo, but I do think there are some similarities. Obviously that's a lot more driver heavy. He was 13th there, weak field guy, not getting talked up. I, I think you can make a case for Adam Shank. Who do you think the best play in the sixes is? Because I mean- if Munoz can start putting again, he's back to 6,600 bucks. Yeah, it might be Munoz. Um, he's in, he's easily going to be in the player pool. Like one of the first guys that I noticed down here. Who do I think the best play is? I mean, Wes Bryant? I, no, no. I was, I, Pat Perez just kind of, I mean, he's towards the top of it. So I just think he's kind of, maybe the best player and the form is good enough where it's the best combination. Uh, so it, let me ask you this. If you were playing like a bunch of lineups way more than you normally do, would you ha- even take a flyer on Russell Knox? He played well at Barracuda, which really surprised me, but that's been the first sign of life he's shown <laughs> in like six months. Yeah. Legitimately. Um, like this is a, I know this is a good course for him, but my God, I, I'm tempted to take a couple shares. I just don't, it's been so bad. If he didn't play well at Barracuda, um, 
I'm not sure I'd even consider it, but he did. So I kind of am. But we got like Chase Seifert down here, your guy, and Matthew Neesmith, uh, your guy, who the inventor of basketball continues to like gain with his irons. His big problem has been he's just been bleeding strokes with his driver. But if that's not going to be that big of a deal, like he's I, over the past 36 rounds, he's fourth in this field in approach. I mean, I've said it many times. Give me a guy that's doing one thing really well over someone who's just like a little below average in all four uh, or even average in all four. Like you can lean his strokes gained approach stands out amongst all categories of all guys down here. Like it might be the strongest category for any guy besides maybe like Aaron Badley's stupidity around the greens, but no one cares about that. Um Sun, I'll just say this. I think Sun Keg was 6,400 last week. I used him. I used him last week. And what a well, bad, maybe, not a great weekend, Sung. He finished his last round in like 10 minutes. So that was good. He's probably rested. Uh, he went out early and was just like sprinting on the course. God. I like, I, 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 I like him. At, I like uh, Sun Kang at longer courses, by the way, than shorter courses. That's fair. Because um, he drives the ball way longer than I think everyone else realizes. God, what happened? To Austin Cook used to be like serious business, and now and, and this so and this type of course like was his jam. RSM Heritage Wyndham Valspar. Like, this this would have been the perfect Austin Cook course. I just don't know what's going on with that guy. Yeah, I like again. So you know when I'm obviously reviewing some of these guys, I do it in a couple of different ways with recent form, but then. So when I do crossover stuff, his name showed up because I have Valspar up there as well. You mentioned Colonial. Like these are the type of tracks that I would go to him. But when there's such a stark difference between what he was doing then and what he's doing now, obviously it's a red flag. I I don't know exactly what to do. Did you mention Stewart? That no, guy's... but he he plays really well on this type of course. Short Bermuda course is again like whenever you see Brian Stewart at the top of leaderboards, it's at a course like this. And he can get again. It's hard. You don't want to bank on like well, he could gain eight strokes putting because yes, as we saw last week, like not the Morikawa is not great, but if you're first in putting, you're probably going to be pretty good. Uh, Brian Stewart though, he can get crazy hot on these type of greens. So if you're just looking for especially if you have some conservative plays up top, I wouldn't mind taking him and just hoping that you get that Bermuda showing from him. I I just wish I love someone in the 10 K area as much as I like Justin Rose to pair with. Cause I would basically just lock in Rose, lock in that guy. And then just honestly, just have a mix of these $6,000 guys as the rest of my team. Yeah. I mean, I'm in, it's funny. I have the same concept as a build, except I'm doing it the other way where I'm going to go possibly below Rose with another top end guy. And instead of locking in like all these sixes, I lock in a lot of sevens um, and do it like that. So I think there are two ways to do it. Obviously, if Rose or someone like English or Billy Ho are your second guy in, you're dipping. But if they're not, you can do the same build, except instead of these guys being in the mid sixes, they can be in the mid sevens. I, I just don't see a lot of difference between, let's say, That's fair. I mean, Tom Lewis has been playing really well. And so is Matias Schwab and Matt Wallace and these guys. But like, I, I like Tower Duncan at a course like this. Yeah, like Munoz in the mid sevens, I'd still probably play him. Um, I, I do have one guy and it's not Lahiri, who is here though. 
Thank God. Are, are, you, um, are, are you gonna bet uh, Arjun Atwal or former winner of this event, by the way, or Lahiri as low Indian? Low, yeah. Where's Sharma? We we. <laughs> I wish we could get some more uh, more guys in there. Yeah, Arjun Atwal is another one, big candidate to be in sixth on Saturday, and I didn't even know he was in the event, <laughs> despite me saying this. Did you look at Hank Lebiota? Sixty-one. <sighs> just, I mean, it obviously is just based off he was nuclear hot at the 3m and still and only came into but he still only came in 26 it was like the best <laughs> yeah, tournament he ever had ball striking that's fair yeah yeah it's it's not ideal when you win the mega millions and you like win 17 dollars, which is what he kind of did there I, I just the again his approach there was nuts i think he's a i think he's a another florida state guy so maybe seifert taught him some tricks um I don't know. I don't think you need to go this low. So be, be careful in the low, low sixes. I think Duncan might be the lowest I go. Actually, Nate, Naismith and Duncan and Pan. Like, Pan is someone who's been hitting his irons really well, but can't. I think he's lost. I don't think he's gained strokes putting in any event this year. I don't. Yeah. I mean, and that's weird because when he came out, it seemed, and this is why you got to be careful with young guys. Like, I, I was like, oh, this guy's a good putter. Um, well, he went one Apparently of two not. ways. He either like lost five strokes or gained five strokes, which I love. That's the best type of putter um, because you know if at an event like this, if you gain if you gain zero or negative five on the greens, I don't think it's going to be the difference in possibly winning something. To be honest, it can make your week worse, of course. But I would much rather know I'm boom or bust on the greens. And uh, oh, Axe Batia's here, still searching. Oh, big for the, it, uh, he is. How does he keep getting into these fields? I don't, I don't. What happened to my other guy know. who was getting into fields? Uh, he actually played well at Barracuda too. The, the other young guy who just randomly plays in every event. He's not here. Who? Will Gordon? No, Will Gordon is playing this week. That guy. My life was a lot easier when I didn't know he existed. Like, <laughs> cause I, I, he shows up in things and I don't have time for that um andrew landry sneaky by the way this week where is he uh he's like 66 6700 andrew landry oh yeah he's next to shank that's why i don't i didn't notice him he can't chip to save his life but i mean if you're chipping here you're already done (laughs) yeah you are you've already lost um yeah i mean the good thing about andrew landry is like he especially when you're talking about the 6k range, like he's a pure winner in this bunch. Like he actually can go out there. And if you strike lightning in a bottle, you're not getting paid off with a top 20. You're getting paid off with like, you know, possibly a real chance at winning the event. Uh, do you want me to give you some heat for, uh, for Aaron wise here? If, if you want to make a case for him? Sure. Of course, uh, please. I need, I need all the help I can get making a case past 36 rounds. Overall, Aaron wise number one in this field in proximity from 100 to 125 yards. So if he can use his distance and has a lot of these like half gap wedges in he's money straight cash. Um, yeah, I, I cannot tell. And it's been just a disappointing for a lot of my guys, but I don't know if there's anyone I've been more disappointed in than wise. I, I really thought he was going to have a big year. This guy, he made the cut in all four majors last year. You serious? Yeah. He's like one of the only people, you know, last year that did that. 
I'm looking at Ryan Moore this week. So from 100 to 125, 125 to 150, 150 to 175, 175 to 200, where I think like 85% of the approach shots come from this week. He ranks fourth, first, first, fifth in those four. <laughs> he's definitely going to miss. Like I, yeah, he's going to come dead Moore, last. <laughs> dead last, literally behind Vince Carello. Um, yeah, I mean, there is a real chance that Ryan Moore is my highest owned player of the week. Like I think, he fits I think, every build. I think Rose will be that guy for me, but just like looking down here, like Moore is, like I said, number one from 125 to 150. The other guy is down there. Your boy Knox is there, but Stanley, I think I'm going to bet Stanley to win. He's like his Barracuda stats don't get included in that either, but he played really well. Like Wes Bryan is, Wes Bryan's irons are actually really good. He's sort of like the homeless man's Spieth. Yeah, that's bad because Spieth is, a, is an iteration of a homeless man, someone else. So you're like multiple tiers of homelessness well, well speed speed has become the homeless man's web see what i'm saying like that's yeah, web web speed west there there's your build yeah, <laughs> throw, and, and throw denny andrew mccarthy Luke. andrew you're throwing denny mccarthy and uh who else can we go with down there guys who i like, can't drive it but can putt and hit some irons luke donald <laughs> i mean don't do yeah. that luke donald, the, the, the gim reaper yeah doug david you, hearn I, I don't want to keep throwing out names. This is the last one, I swear. Did you look at Robbie Shelton? No, I didn't. Okay. That's all we need to talk about. He was good at 3M. I'm not going to get there either. I just wondered if that enticed you. Now, I got to trim down the 6K range, but I got to figure you out. Don't. I got to figure out how to do that. I, I currently have 11 players in the 6K range start. Yeah, that's that's a little... It, it's tricky, though. I mean, I, I get it. I have weeks like that where I kind of like mushroom out towards the bottom and have a bunch of flyers, but you don't, you want to be careful. Like God, Russell Knox just staring me in, in the face here. And I, that's just going to be stupid. If I, if I lose exposure by playing him, feel, I feel like that can only go wrong. You know, I can speak from so many years of experience with that. It's going to go wrong. And Munoz is right there and he's clearly the, the prudent play. All right. That'll do it. Pat Mayo experience. Fun times at the Wyndham. I'm actually more excited for oh, this field than I am for the Northern Trust next week. I don't know why. I'm excited. I mean, last week I did. I had a fun, great time doing the show with you. I'm not joking. Literally minutes after we stopped filming, I lost power for three days. So I'm just excited to have a normal lead up to an event this week. Uh, and yeah, we'll get right back at it. And then we get just all sorts of good things coming up with the majors and the FedEx cup playoffs. Well, this is the last time we're going to see a lot of these like jabronis and fields. Once the playoffs start. Yeah, no, this is, if you're going to play, if you, if you're looking to uh, fill in your bingo card with a guy you've never played, this is the week to do it. Um, ben Martin should be that guy for most of you, but <laughs> yeah, it, after this, it's, it's only real golfers for, for a while. All right. Ben Raza, awesomeo.com. Now that golf, I guess golf isn't really coming to a conclusion because we have this week, then there's three weeks of the playoffs. Then I think like it's an off week. Then the U.S. Open, then the swing season starts. <laughs> yeah, and then there's just like major, like there's majors obviously going into October and November and whatnot. Um, but of course, baseball, basketball, the playoffs are about to start. I, I can't believe that football starts in a month. Uh, I don't feel prepared to you, but it's pretty crazy. It's Everything is happening now. Uh, football, like I'm 60% of the way in. I haven't really taken the full on plunge yet. I was really waiting for that like opt out date to be finished 
just yeah. so I didn't want to like do a bunch of research and then have to redo all the research once everyone was out. Like I've already, I did one draft with Jake and I drafted Darius Geis. It's like, oh, great. Uh, he, he was my Aren't running back too in my no running back build. But I, I'm going to be hammering down. Like I'm recording another football show later on today for Wednesday. I'm going to try to get up to two a week for football uh, and figure it out that way. But like there's not enough time slots for me in the week to do golf, MMA, football and then like you know one of the fun shows that i like to do it's kind of weird it's crazy crazy times um which is yeah and we are the same way over at awesome just everything in full swing we've got all the tools got all the ownership projections so if you are crunched for time it's a great way to save some time and, and make some money come on in it, it's been weird too like i would really want to get into like the bubble the like uh, the nba bubble i have no interest in hockey i wasn't going to watch that anyway but like i just found like i haven't had a ton of time to like sit down and watch basketball i'm not even talking about like betting on basketball or playing DraftKings on basketball just watching basketball which i would enjoy to do maybe it'll be different once the playoffs start but there's just so much going on that you really have to pick and choose i feel oh it's brutal um and like obviously for for me like saratoga this is the biggest time for horses uh your boy tis the law ran the other day just mowed down another field guy can't be stopped it's everything is going and it is pick your priorities because you can't do it all yeah i I think i'm gonna stick with golf ufc and football and cuss corner those will be my four lanes that's that's pretty damn good well that's what built up this show that's what the people like so smash the like button on the way out, especially if you want more cussed corners. We've been trying to work on filming a new one here recently. Uh, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the PME. And become a member at FantasyNational.com. Again, like Ben said, if you want to save some time, uh, and get your lineups generated super quickly, get all the stats you need, FantasyNational.com slash Mayo for 20% off. I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.